0: Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Jeff T. from the Club 520 podcast. When it comes to your feet, eBay's got your back. When you see the blue check mark that says authenticity guaranteed, that means real experts are checking your sneakers. Every stitch down to the sole. They even smell them because nothing says fresh like the scent of real kicks. So kick back and relax. From the drop to your doorstep, eBay doesn't play games with your sneaker game. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal with eBay authenticity guaranteed. Visit ebay.com for terms. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now you can save $50 on Select
1: Battery Tool Sets. Real steel. Offer valid on Select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
0: The volume.
1: This is Three Points with Chris Mannix, part of the Volume Sports Podcast Network. We are coming to you live on AMP. AMP, of course, is where you get all the volume podcasts first. Make sure you subscribe to the volume feed on AMP. Subscribe to my feed as well at Chris Manning. So this show is going to be all about diving into three of the biggest topics in the NBA in that moment. I know we are still a couple of weeks away from the start of training camp, but there are still plenty of storylines going on in the NBA right now. And the storyline I want to dive into on this show, is the future of Damian Lillard in Portland. It has been months now since Lillard asked for a trade from the Trail Blazers. We thought around mid-July that we might get a deal between the Blazers and the Miami Heat. That didn't come to fruition, and now here we are, just weeks away from training camp, with Damian Lillard still on the roster. Will he be there? What will that look like? What kind of trades does Portland want for all that and more, we bring in Aaron Fentress. Does a great job covering the Blazers for the Oregonian, Oregon Live. And Aaron, let's start right here with Lillard and why we're still here. Why is Damian Lillard still a member of the Portland Trailblazers? What is the number one reason?
2: Because nothing has happened. There's been no negotiations, no talks, no nothing. It, the thing got shut down. People went on vacation after Summer League. People have sprinkled in back from vacation since then, and still nothing happened. And you know, it's been widely reported, and I've reported it as well, that the Blazers did not engage in any types of discussions whatsoever with Miami to try and move this forward. And some people argue, well, who's responsible for that? Well, it takes Tube Tango, and the Blazers have not been willing to put on their dancing shoes. So that stalls things. And so I am perplexed. I... Sometimes one of, my mistake, one of my mistakes I make with the NBA is that I kind of believe common sense and logic are gonna you know, supersede drama and ego and all that kind of stuff. And so for me, I thought I was gonna get done in Vegas. That was my hope, but I was told before. Vegas It could take weeks. And I put that out there. I've seen some of your videos where you were saying, it could take months. And then Cronin finally said, it could take months. So I guess I shouldn't be surprised that we're here, but I am with camp three weeks away. I thought something would at least be rolling. Like there would just be stuff going on, other teams involved, other offers, things trying to push the the agenda forward. But there's been next to nothing, and that's why we're here, three weeks away from camp. And I'm not going to lie to you, man. Part of me, the journalist in me wants Dane to come to camp because it's going to be amazing to cover. But the person in me is like, come on, can we just move on from this and turn the table and shift the focus to Scoot and Shaden and Ant moving forward?
1: So you mentioned Vegas, and that's where Joe Cronin gave kind of the first public update after the trade request from Dame. And, you know, at that time, he said, look, we're going to be patient in this process. We're going to do what's right for this organization. was complimentary of Dame, of course, but, you know, effectively said they weren't going to be pushed into doing any kind of deal. You were sitting there in the bowels of the Thomas and Max Center with me. When -hmm. when Joe Cronin was speaking at that time, did you believe him? Did you believe that this was something the Blazers— would be willing to draw out over the span of weeks and now obviously months?
2: Yeah, it, I didn't know. Like to me, it, just, it, it really depends on what their overall plan and agenda are. It, it, my whole thing has been if he's slow playing this, to try and find the perfect third team to enter this thing with what they want. And maybe he's waiting on it. Maybe another team was out there. Like we could be interested in taking hero, for example, and giving you something else, but we've got something else going on. So let's see how that goes first. And then we'll get back to you. Like those things can slow things up as well. And so if that's going on, fine, I'm never going to be the one to sit here and pretend like I've ever been a GM. So there's things going on that we're never going to know about. So yeah, if he's going to, that it's going to take a while, we're going to take our time. Great, as long as you're doing something. So have they really been doing anything? And according to all accounts that people I've talked to and everyone else what they're reporting, is that nothing's happened. So if it's taking a long time because you're doing nothing, that's one thing. If it's taking a long time because you're actually being proactive and just trying to find a great deal, that's another. But right now, it's the former, and that, to me, I just don't quite understand.
1: So it's pretty clear that whatever Miami's offer is, whatever the, whatever it amounts to is not enough for Portland. That's, that's, I think that goes without saying at this point. But um, I add I, yeah.
2: one thing though: do we even know what the totality of that is? Because no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Th- and, and say what, like I've been told that one of the problems, is the Blazers won't even say exactly what they want. I mean, it's logical that they wouldn't want Tyler Hero because they already have, right now they have five guards they kind of need to play with Dave, right? So if you trade Dave and bring in Hero, where's Hero going to play? If it's not a part of your feature, you're not going to give him Shaden's minutes or Ant's minutes, right? So we get that, but sometimes you take an asset and then maybe deal with it later, but if you don't want him, great. Well, who do you want Mm. And, and who can we bring in to give you what you want? If you won't have that conversation where can things go? So we, I don't think we know exactly what they could really squeeze out of this thing because they won't negotiate. Anyway, continue,
1: sorry. No, I, I agree. Uh Whatever that offer is, whatever the initial right. offer was, they're not impressed with and they believe there's something better out there down the line. Now, everybody, I'm sure, within Portland is hoping that there is a Brooklyn, Phoenix, Kevin Durant type situation or an Oklahoma City Clippers, Paul George situation. That might seem pie in the sky, but it does seem to me that the Blazers, part of them believes that if nothing comes of, you know, if nothing improves with this Miami offer or there's nothing that that comes out of this current situation, that, you know, bringing Dame to camp, bring him into the season, you know, might, you know, at some point generate better offers. You might get to midseason and have a team out there that's in contention, maybe it's in the Western Conference, maybe it's in the East, that is looking at Damian Lillard, and saying, all right, well, now that guy could be the missing link To our team. Do you get the sense that there's a belief that better things could be coming if they drag this thing into the season?
2: So let's go back to the beginning of this. So I was told by a Blazers source, and Cronin put this out there himself, right? That they want a star level trade. And so I talked to a source about that, and they they brought up Gobert, Durant, and Mm. um, Donovan Mitchell, right? Well, first of all, I think everyone believes Minnesota gave up too much for Gobert, right? Oh yeah. (laughs) I mean right. Okay. So you're not gonna get that. That's one. No one believes that Dame is Kevin Durant. So you're probably not gonna get that. And I even think there there was an overpay. But whatever, it's Durant. Donovan Mitchell is an interesting one because I think it was three first, maybe a swap, and then you've got Lowry, but Lowry wasn't traded as a future All Star. Lowry was traded as this guy has a recent potential, we'll throw him in there with Colin Sexton, right? But I said to this person, I said all these things to this person, and I said Donovan Mitchell was 26. And now you brought up Paul George. Paul George was 27. It is fascinating to me that it seems like a lot of people in Portland, I deal with this on Twitter all the time, and maybe even the Blazers, want to ignore that Lillard is 33, a 33-year-old point guard who doesn't play defense, owed $216 million over four years, who just came off a calf injury, who before that had surgery. Now, he just had his best season ever probably – but we all know that when the, when the wall hits, it hits. And so I feel like everyone on this side of the world wants way too much for him. I think that that's part of the problem. So now if you go into the season thinking, well, we're going to wait. We're going to wait out Miami, and we're going to see, you know, if someone comes up with something better, you're asking a team to beat whatever it is people want to mix and match for what Miami's offer is, to beat that, Right. And to do so for a guy who I just said, four years, $260 million, who does not want to play for you and has made that clear. So do you, who's going to roll the dice on that? I don't know. Then you risk, are you going to play him? Okay, so if you play him, is he going to tweak something? Hamstring, quad, ankle, you know, calf again. Does, does that hurt his value? Heaven forbid he has a serious injury and you're stuck with him. And now he's 34 next season coming off a serious injury. So then what do you get for him? So it seems like a massive roll of the dice for me. Now, some people brought up, well, Brooklyn didn't give up Durant right away, right? But Brooklyn with Kyrie and Durant, in theory, were contenders. And they should have contended if Kyrie hadn't forced his way out. Blazers have no chance to win whatsoever. There's no incentive there to say, we're going to bring Dane back and maybe we'll contend. No, you're going to be bad because you've done nothing really to improve the team. So I just don't understand the risk there. And I, I, I feel like overall they're chasing something that's not going to be there.
1: See, that that's where I, I, I diverge a little bit from you because I, I don't know that something is going to be there, but I do believe that even with the risk that you laid out there of bringing Dame to camp, maybe he regresses as a player, maybe he suffers another injury, those would be catastrophic to his trade value. but. If he still plays and looks like the Damian Lillard we've seen over the last couple of years where he's been an all-NBA caliber player, if he's still that guy, I believe that because I, I you know, I was just the other day making out my Western Conference standings, and I was talking to a GM yeah. of one of the teams that I was ranking, and I said, look, I've had you as high as third at one point, and now I've got you 10th or 11th. That's how competitive I think the Western Conference playoffs yeah. is going to be next year, where you're only going to have two, maybe three teams that aren't competing for a playoff, for a play-in spot in the West. I'm of the belief that when we get into the season, and if Lillard is still Lillard, there's going to be somebody else out there that competes for them, for him rather. And Aaron, I think that's all the Blazers really need. They need somebody else. not, Not necessarily to go out there and be the team they trade him to, but somebody to be competition that Miami gets wind of. Right now, Miami believes correctly it is the only game in town. It's the only team out there that is pursuing Damian Lillard with any kind of seriousness. I think Portland just needs right. one other team to emerge into that group. Somebody else to sniff around, whether it's Oklahoma City, a team I wrote about earlier in the week that might potentially have some interest in the next couple of months. Philadelphia, we have no idea what Daryl Morey's going to do, but we know he'll do anything to keep Joel Embiid happy. I think Portland just needs somebody to get into the mix, and I think they're doing the right thing at not just pulling the trigger without waiting to see who else will get into the mix.
2: So I can buy the not pulling the trigger thing, but I don't, but my problem is you're not even really holding the gun, right? There's no, there's no talks going. So we don't really know exactly what it is. Someone else has to be, or what it is Miami is going to have to raise its ante to if another team steps in. So I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with what you're saying, but at the same time, if, if the Blazers had just engaged, and been more proactive, maybe we could have a better sense of what it would even take to force Miami's hand or to beat what Miami's offering. Also, if we're talking about bringing in teams into this that have only a small chance of contending, they're going to run the huge risk of alienating Damien to the point where he's not going to want to be there because he doesn't want to go to a lateral situation or a mediocre situation after giving the Blazers his loyalty and trusting that they were going to build around him. He wants to go to the foreshore can't miss contending situation at the very least. And he believes that's Miami. So I don't know how many teams are going to want to get involved if he's looking at him going, dude, we're not going to win. Why, why do I want to come play for you? Because then you're running a risk. So, I mean, we'll see. It, it, you know, it worked out for the Nets, right? They kept Durant. Durant played well. The team played well. They got a boatload for him from Phoenix. I just think it's a risk with Damian. But we'll see. It's going to make for a fascinating run uh, to see how that plays out.
1: You know, a couple of things you said there, uh, because I, I've read your stuff on this over the last couple of months, and you've used that word loyalty that Lillard has shown uh, to the organization. I, I, I don't know if I'd call it that, honestly. I mean, you know, I was there in Vegas when they gave him that contract extension, and yes, it was on the surface Damian Lillard com- committing to the Trailblazers, but it was also Damian Lillard in his late 30s getting a guarantee of $100 million tacked onto his deal. and And that's... You no, know, there are so not not altruistic reasons. But I don't know if he would have gotten got an, got an extension somewhere else. I, uh, look, really? I, I think you think he could have gotten an extension elsewhere, or you would think he would have gotten that
2: money elsewhere if he, he would have forced a trade somewhere else instead. Let's say he, let's say he wasn't going to trust Cronin and forced a trade last summer, and said, "I want to go to a team that wants me. We have a chance to contend." And by the way, I want an extension. Why wouldn't people step up with an extension if people are allegedly willing to take him on now with the extension? It doesn't make sense to me that a team will take him on knowing it's got to pay him $62 million when he's 66, or 66, when he's 36, but those same teams wouldn't give him this extension had they traded for him last year. So he's going to get close to that money anyway.
1: I mean there isn't a team. Like and, there isn't a team right now looking to give him or there isn't a team interested in that contract at the moment, which tells me there probably wouldn't have been a team interested in that contract, you know, but you if, just said if he hit eight.
2: Miami's interested. Miami's interested in it.
1: Miami's but they're one out of thirty right there, one out of twenty nine, I guess, that would be interested. I mean, there's no other team out there that's interested. I'm just but saying just I think said, they, but
2: you just said I, if they play the season, teams are gonna show up wanting them. Well, I think
1: teams, and and again, I use Oklahoma City as an example, uh, because they have a boatload of draft picks and young players, and they could, I mean, I kind of love the idea of Lillard, Shea Gildas-Alexander, and Lou Dort, kind of a a three-man rotation in Oklahoma City. I kind of get giddy thinking about what that could look like. Um, But a, a team, a small market team that has no chance of ever getting a player like Damian Lillard, somebody like that, that could, you know, say, all right, his contract is bad, but for us, maybe it's not quite so bad because we couldn't get him at that type of deal anyway. We're willing to roll the dice in that particular situation i just think you that you give
2: up four first and two young players
1: i mean they've got nine thousand 1st first again, i'm gonna using oklahoma city as the example oklahoma yeah. city can't they can't use all these picks aaron they've got too many <laughs> and all these young players who are nice cheap inexpensive talent are about to become not so cheap uh talent with that that organization they're just, they're just an example i'm kind of throwing out there i just think lillard yes he did show a degree of loyalty to portland but He got something out of it, too. He also got $100 million on the back end of that deal.
2: I got to respond to that. Okay. Okay. All right. I have a problem when people bring up the money. The money is just a part of the game. Like, they're all going to get paid. It's not like it was he can leave somewhere and, and not get paid and stay in Portland and get paid. He... Was he not gonna get any money for the last two years at uh, 35, 36? I think he was. Was he gonna get You think that he
1: would have gotten much? that know. much money? That's no, a no, lot. No, no, it, not,
2: yeah. not no, not necessarily that much. Plus, I don't think another team could have given him that much because he would have left and that would have changed the dynamics of what he could get. So yeah, he made extra money by signing, but then we're saying that he only stayed because of that extra like so he's gonna make five hundred million by staying, but had he left, he only would have made 460. Like I think he would take four sixty and a chance to win, then five hundred and not win. But he could have left several different times, or forced to trade at several different junctures before that extension.
1: Hundred percent, and he didn't yes. have and he
2: didn't have to give Cronin a guy who didn't have to really well interview job. Didn't have to go through a search and be picked. Who had no experience he didn't have to trust him he didn't have to trust chauncey who had never been a head coach before he didn't have to do a lot of things he wanted so badly and wants so badly just to have a chance in portland that i don't buy for a second that loyalty wasn't a factor of course money played i mean shoot you put 200 you put 112 million dollars for two years in front of me i'll go you know <laughs> i'll go cover PetSmart down the road and, and, and update people <laughs> on their biscuits this week for, for, for rover but at the end of the day for his totality of his career how many, how many years has it been since people started saying he should get out of there? Like four or five years
1: now? Oh, I, many. I Look, he, he has ago. he has shown in the past, I agree with you 100%. When people right. were telling him to demand a trade, he was saying, no, I'm committed to Portland. I want to win a championship in Portland. He 100% showed loyalty back then when he was in his late 20s, even early 30s. I just think when you get to that point where last summer he was 32 years old and he's looking at the possibility of tacking on hundred million dollars. Look, this is the landscape we're in right now, Aaron, where you know, you yeah. go back to Carmelo Anthony, where he didn't want to be a Knicks, but he wanted that fifth year, so he signed back with the Knicks. Bradley Beal had no interest in being a wizard for life. He signed on that deal because he wanted to get the contract money when he's in uh when he's in his thirties. I think that a big part of that was Lillard making sure he got those last couple of years and those big dollars uh on that contract. But okay. this is the this is the situation that we're in right now. So let's just jump to topic number two, which is okay. how likely is it that we get to early October media day and Damian Lillard is at media day, a member of the Portland trailblazers. How comfortable do you think the blazers are going to be bringing Lillard into camp?
2: Uh, I, after months of believing it wasn't going to happen, I'm going to believe that it's absolutely going to happen unless we start hearing that there's actual movement and talk. Like, if, it, unless some news comes out that there's more engagement, there's more activity, this time, this team might be getting in, so-and-so is interested in hero, et cetera, et cetera. Then as of right now, I'm planning on Dane being there on media day and being at training camp. Um, it, to, I, to me, it's just amazing that we're in mid-September and we're still talking about this. And so why wouldn't it take a few more weeks given the fact that nothing has been moving uh, for two months, so i I'm completely flipped my stance on this and I'm, I'm preparing for him to be there Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you
1: because every time I talk to, you know, people with teams that I think might have interest in Damian Lillard I, I hear nothing about actual interest, I hear no interest whatsoever and I, like you, I don't hear any kind of movement with the Miami and the Portland situation I think we get to early October and you know, Damian Lillard is there and look, I think he's going to show up, I mean, I, I don't And I'm with you. I think you've written the same thing. Like, you know, the the idea that Lillard, like, he wants to go to Miami, clearly. But the idea if he got traded somewhere that he would no-show, I I don't buy that. Uh, The idea if he's still with Portland, he would no-show, I I don't buy that. He's too professional. Like, he's just been this guy, and and you know this. Like, he he does not want to exit Portland on bad terms. I mean, how important do you think that is to him? Like, his reputation amongst fans and people that follow the organization.
2: You know, it's it's beyond really words how committed and dedicated he's been to this community and how desperately he wanted a chance to contend here. Uh, But he saw his biological clock ticking on his prime and it just forced his hand because he he, he made it clear that he just wants a chance to win in Portland. Like if you just gave him a team where he was going to win like 47 games and if they got into the playoffs, if they played really well, they could surprise people, which especially in an era now where there's no super team. Right, there's no dominant heat the Heatles or anything like that running around. We just saw the two playing teams get to the conference finals, one to the finals, right. So that's where the league is right now. That's all he wanted, but Portland's not even coming close to giving him that. So that's where it's just forced him where it's like, well, I'm not going to stay in Portland and help raise two teenagers. Like that's not that's not what I want to do with the last few years of my prime. I just want a chance somewhere else. But now he wants more of a guarantee chance, and I want to go back to something else that that's really important in all this is that when Joe Cronin took over the job up until the draft night, he had nine press conferences where he, comm- where he said he was committed and dedicated to building a round game. That was the goal. And that's what Damien heard, which was part of the reason why he signed the contract. And you say maybe it was about the money or two, but it was part of it was that. And, he, and I asked Cronin about that. And Chris Haynes asked Dave about that. And they both talked about the commitment to winning. They have not made that commitment in Dame's timeline. They've changed that. And so if I sort of feel like that, if you're going to pull the rug out from under him, which they did, and even if it's justified for whatever reason, do right by the guy and send him where he wants to go. And that's the trouble I have with that. That's why I think they should sat down with Miami day one and said, let's figure this out. But it was clear that they thought, well, if we draft, scoot, and keep him, Dame might ask out. If he asks out, wow, what could we get for him? And that's the mistake they made because now you're treating Damien, This guy who is loyal to you, like a commodity, like a piece of property that you're going to flip. You wouldn't build around him, but you'll use him to build around scoot his replacement. So why wouldn't Dame take that personally and dig his heels in and go out with his agent and say, we're not going to play for you. We're not going to play for you. I want to go to Miami. That's really his only leverage, but he doesn't want this to be that contentious. He wanted to just go to Miami. My, Portland gets some assets and there's still that love and respect and that down the line after his four years are up, he could come back to Portland for his last year or two. So like Scottie Pippen did back with the Bulls. Right. And in his career that way. But it's looking like if it's contentious, that might not be the case, at least with this regime.
1: You know, just to and we're kind of ping ponging a little bit here, but to go back to the extension that you talked about and the commitment to winning with Dame. I can just remember being there in Vegas when they announced that extension and hearing all the positive things we're going to build around him. You know, Dame wants to be a blazer for life, all those things that. Uh, that went into that presser i remember sitting there aaron and thinking like there's no way this is going to work and maybe that's the pessimist in me I i just didn't believe it i believe the blazers had a ceiling and it was a much shorter ceiling than the portland officials at that time were letting on they were too young they were too small they didn't have the kind of talent that some of the other teams in the western conference would have i remember sitting there thinking all right right now the blazers even with jeremy grant have themselves a playoff team maybe they don't have anything that would get them out of the first round. And, and we've seen as great as Dame is, even when he's been at his best, it's only been good for one conference finals. And, and that has as much to do with the talent around him as anything else. But I always thought that the idea that they could build around Lillard to, to a championship level was always just so pie in the sky. It's why, and even like after Dame made that trade request, when Joe Cronin issued that statement where he said, like, he almost sounded shocked by it. Like, we we're trying to do, like, Why would you be shocked at this point? Why would you be surprised that this didn't go as planned? This team never, to me, had enough talent to compete with the big dogs in the Western Conference.
2: Okay, so you're right. At that point, they didn't. But when Cronin took over, he had a plan that ran through the summer of 2023. It was a a year-and-a-half plan. So at that point, we are only six months into it. They did get Jeremy Grant, which which was a good move because you turned C.J., who was really redundant with Dame and Ant into at least a six foot eight guy mm-hmm. who was similar to CJ, but gave you some length, gave you better defense. So that was a move in the right direction. You tanked, so you got Shaden, which was nice, although the original goal was to trade that pick for a veteran guy. They targeted OG, yep. but it didn't work out. And so coming to the next season, they felt like either a trade deadline move or something else near the draft or in the offseason would be to find the next piece. It turned out that things fell apart, and so they got a high draft pick. And that was the nugget, flip that pick into that dude. That was supposed to be the plan. So yeah, on, on the surface, it looked like, yeah, this is gonna be tough. But when you got that lottery pick, that should have made it easier. The problem is the lottery pick ended up being too good. And the offers were n- not quite reaching the bar for Cronin. And so he shifted gears. But I do believe that had they been able to find trade partners for number seven to last year and number three this year, they could have acquired the veterans they needed to help Lillard, at least again, have a shot. Like it's just a matter of just get me in there, and give give me some vets, give me some length. I mean, my God, mm. give me some, 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 some uh, another one other star I can lean on, and then let me be the determining factor as to whether we win or lose, as opposed to I got to score fifty five at Denver and we still lose because I'm pretty much all of
1: them. Yeah. Hey, look, if they had gotten OG out even then, I don't think they were much of a contender. It would have been a more of a better short term fix than Shaden Sharp is, though I think Shaden Sharp's gonna be a pretty good player. I just still didn't see them as, as a contender. So the final topic I want to get into though is about Portland's future. It would have been, it would have been, wait,
2: wait, wait, wait. It would have been OG and a Sharp deal and then someone else with the next pick. So it wasn't just OJ. It would have been but that's, right. if they, they say, if they that, got that what the
1: were plan. they what were they penciled in for, like fifth or sixth, what was their their draft slot? Fifth. If they didn't move up to fifth? Yeah. so fifth. and that would have been easier to trade. you You can't trade the number three pick if it's going to be scoot Henderson. you can't do it. I, and, I think well, scoot Henderson who it is, but yeah right. I mean, look, it, it, but if scoot, I think Scoot's going to make that Brandon Miller pick look stupid. I think Scoot is really, really good. I got a chance to watch him a lot last year playing for uh, for the G League Ignite, and I think he's going to be special. So eBay Motors is here for the ride. Now, I'm supposed to talk here about what I remember and what I loved about my first car, and that's easy for me to do because I still have my first car. And as long as it keeps running, and so far so good, I intend to have that car probably until the day I die. Uh, That's how much I love that car. It is like a child to me. Now, it does require some upkeep, and that's why I'm grateful for a place like eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED lights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions
0: apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new
2: podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA six Man of the Year,
1: That, that is where I'm going with this final topic. I mean, what are realistic expectations for Scoot Henderson this year? Because Aaron, I think he's the rookie of the year. I know a lot of people are pointing at Chet Holmgren. Some people might be pointing at Victor Wembanyama. Brandon Miller, I'm sure, has his fans. I think Scoot's the guy. I think Scoot's going to step into that starting spot assuming Lillard has moved at some point right away and, and take over and look like the transcendent player that Portland believes it's getting. So I've set the bar pretty okay. high for Scoot there Henderson. What do you think, what okay. do you think the bar should be for Scoot?
2: So first of all, he's not going to start of games here. Yeah. He's not going to be rookie of the year of games here. Right.
1: That, yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I'm assuming okay. at so, some point so a deal has gets done. To be
2: traded. So Dane has to be traded for Scoot to have a chance to do any of those things you just mentioned. But let's just pretend Dane's gone for the sake of argument here. I've been told, and I've had this conversation a couple of times, that he's, not, he's got to beat out Anthony Simon, and that's not a given. And if he doesn't beat out Ant and Ant's to starting one, the only way Scoot can start is if they decide, well, we'll move Ant to the two if Scoot's beating out Shady. So he has to beat out both those guys to start. Unless the Blazers just say, we're going to start him because he's the third pick, and there's all this controversy over him basically pushing Dame out the door. They make that decision, they make that decision. But as of right now, there's no legitimate argument on the planet that he's better than Anthony Simons. Anthony Simons doesn't play in the G League last year and averaged 16 points on 42 and 27 shooting. He averages 35 on 55 and 45 shooting, right? So Ant's yeah, way ahead of Scoot. And my problem with Scoot and all the, the transcendent like the, the whole, and I'm not dogging you. It's just like, I, I that almost means godlike. you know, this whole generation. I'm not even sure what that means anymore. It seems like generational means once every three years and not as opposed yeah. to once every 20. It, it's just bizarre to me, but you're dealing with a 19 year old point guard who's six, two who can't shoot yet. He had in 19 G league games last year, he shot under 40% nine times. He turned the ball over a lot. People talk about his defense. He had a 118 defensive rating. I just can't fathom that this kid is going to walk into the NBA and be this transcendent dominant guy out of the gate when he wasn't even that in the G League. Mm-hmm. Like if, he, if he's that good, why wasn't he destroying the G League? Now you can say the teammates around him, the situation, coaching, whatever you want to say. But that's we're asking for him to make a huge jump in order to be better than Shaden, is already bigger, a better shooter, and more experienced. We, we watched Shaden average 24, six, and six over the last 10 games last year, while shooting 46 and, and 38 from the, from the field. I've watched Anthony Simons carry this team to wins by, by, scoring 40 plus. I've seen him get 11 assists twice. When Dane was out two years ago, he had this team playing so well that they had to shut him down with a magic injury, shut down Nurk with a magic injury because they were in danger of making the play it. So I've seen hmm. Ant do it at that level. So for me right now, Ant and Sharp, that's your starting backcourt. Unless you just decide we're just going to give it to Scoot for the sake of giving it to Scoot. So Scoot to me has a long way to go to get to the point where I'm going to buy that this guy is that dude. And one of them, you have to shoot in this league. You you agree with that, right? You can't go I, do, I do. Like, I, I, can't I do, I do. I go five and, for 15 every other game.
1: No, it, it's definitely a weakness in his game as he comes to the NBA. The three-point shot is not there for him. I do think the playmaking is going to be there obviously the athleticism is there i just think that feel when i watch him play i think that feel for the game is there it's an intangible but i think he's he's got that 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 thing that, you, that all great players tend right? to have and i think he's going to show that you know, at some point over the next couple of years. So I think he's going to be a
2: really good player. The question
1: I would no, have... In years, the,
2: I agree. I'm still talking about, about this year. But
1: yeah, go. yeah. I mean, like, well, rookie of the year, I mean, I don't know if he needs to average 25 to win rookie of the year. I think right. Chet's going to have a good year. I think is going to struggle. I don't know what Brandon Miller is going to do. Maybe somebody emerges from that back half of the top 10 that plays well also. You mentioned Simons. I'm curious what, uh, what the Blazers' opinion of him is because he's a very good player, but he also has a very good contract. He's the kind of guy you could trade to get something else. Do they look at Simons as being part of that future? They drafted Sharp, of course. He's, he's one of their guys. Do they see Simons along that same line?
2: Yeah, Simons is an interesting piece of all this because in addition to trading the, the lottery pick, the idea was that you were going to trade and, and some other picks to get even another guy. That's why I thought about the plan. The vision and the idea was there. Just nothing got executed, right? Because that could have been another player you could have brought in uh, to help this whole situation. But they weren't necessarily able to move him. And nothing incentivized them to unlock future picks because they owe the bulls a first-round pick, right? Which I believe wholeheartedly, without a doubt, that they know that's going to be a lottery pick. So you don't want to do anything to where you give them that pick outright so you can unlock other picks and then you end up in the lottery because it's lottery protected, right? So, But the problem now is that what was the problem with Dame and CJ? Like I preached this for years. You're never going to contend when your best two players are small guard. Only one team's ever done it, and that was the bad boy Pistons, and they were backed by the greatest front court defensively ever, right? So unless you're going to team like that, it's not going to happen. So finally they move CJ, and who do they start? Ant, who's basically a more <laughs> athletic version of CJ, and not a very good defender. So now you go out and you get Scoot, who's 19, and you still have Ant, and even if you move Dan, you're still redundant there. And you got so it, it's to me, you need to move Ant at some point if Scoot and Shaden are your guys in the backcourt. Otherwise, you're going to end up paying a lot of money to three guys, and there's going to be some redundancy there, and you're still way too small. There's not the only viable player on this team other than. Uh, Nurks viable. There's two players on this roster over 6'6 for a viable. You can't win like that. It's not a 6'4 in under league, right? So to me, they they need to start and showcase ant, and move ant. Ant needs to be running his own team. And if I'm ant and you tell me a scoot's better and play scoot ahead of me, whether he's earned it or not, he's gonna ask for a trade. He doesn't want to spend his career backing up this kid when he probably is better than him. So Mm -hmm. the ant situation is fascinating. But he's a really good offensive player. I still think he's coming to his own. One of the things last year that hurt him. And people say, oh, he regressed. He didn't regress. It's difficult playing next to Dame when you're not sure what you're supposed to be doing. Am I the two guard? Am I the, the point guard? Now Dame's going to be the two guard. I'm, I'm acquiescing to him, but then they want me to be aggressive. Like, it's a tough situation. But when he was the guy, dude was amazing that one year. So he needs to be running his own team.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be fascinating.
2: It. I, love, I love me some ants. I get a little passionate about it. No, no. Theory, I
1: look. Count. I think he's a great player. <laughs> um, I, I think they've got a lot of really good young players down down there, and I think they're up there. I think they're going to have a a bright future. It's just, when does that future start, right? You've got Damian Lillard under contract. You've had Jeremy Grant, which I eh, still don't quite understand you talk that, about whole. About that. I don't. Uh, I, I still, for the they, life of me, oh, uh, let's do this. Let's, they, let's quickly. Let's, quickly. let's yeah. do this quickly. Like okay, for for the life of me, I that's one of the most bizarre contracts I've ever seen. Like, like. There was no no as far as I know.
2: Yeah.
1: There was nobody else out there looking to invest that kind of money in Jeremy Grant. I don't think they were in any kind of real danger of losing Jeremy Grant. And the fact that they do this deal, you know, what was it? 24 hours 40 hours before Lillard makes his his trade request was wild to me. It was just completely wild to me that now as a rebuilding team, they have this contract on their books that I think Aaron is going to be I don't want to say impossible, but incredibly difficult to get off. What do you think the Blazers are looking at right now with this this Grant contract and, and how they handle his situation?
2: Yeah, so Grant came to Portland because of Dame, right? And it was a, it was a given that you know Grant would stay and help win with Dame. But when things became shaky with Dame after draft night. It was like, okay, so what are you going to do with Grant? But they went ahead and made the offer because they knew that the first step to keeping Dame happy was signing Grant. But to me, you had to double clutch that bad boy and come yeah. back with a trade because just being back Grant, then you—that status quo, that's where you were. Dame was wanting win team, two yeah. other dudes with Grant, right? And then you could pay him like you could always were in the in the driver's seat with Grant because you give given the extra year and give him more money than anyone else. Now I think Grant in the open market still gets four years, a hundred. Yeah. Get that? If Dylan Brooks can get four years, 20 or whatever. Oh yeah. If, I think, you know, but if I'm grand, I can get five 150 fifty? Mm-hmm. 160? Was it one sixty? I can't remember what it was. I'm taking one fifty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so, so now, yeah, you're Portland. You started this timeline with, with two kids who can't buy alcohol. That's so at least grants around, I guess, to buy drinks on the road. I don't know. Cause he's 29. <laughs> you're going to be paying 30 million a year until he's 30. It doesn't make any sense. I have zero doubt whatsoever that they're going to begin trying to like, to me, I'm trying to feed him early this season and see if someone will come get him because he doesn't fit what they're doing at all. He fits Dane, not Shade, Shaden. It, it doesn't make any sense. The entire Crazy. thing is completely dysfunctional. And so you, so you said you were in Vegas. You remember when I asked the question, Are, people think you might be tanking, but this looks like you're trying to win. What's the plan here? Which I got criticized for asking that, but it was an obvious question to me. And Cronin insisted that we, we have a high talent level. We think we're gonna win. And I'm thinking, really? Do you really think you're going to win?
1: I mean, at, at, at best, at best, it's 13th in the West right now, at best, you know, competing with Houston and with with San Antonio so, for those bottom three spots.
2: And that was another thing I mentioned, because I'm like, is it more advantageous to get another lottery pick? Because you have to keep pace with Oklahoma City and Houston, who are not only lapping you in young talent, but they have young talent over 6'6", all mm. over the place. All over the place, and yep. in this league, length, height, athleticism matter. You don't have
1: it. it's just uh, look. I started covering the NBA when I was living in Boston, and I've said this before, but I, you know, the, the GM that I covered the closest early on was Danny Ainge, and there's no more proactive GM in sports than Danny Ainge. Like Danny Ainge, if he doesn't believe. His team is going to win a championship or can compete for a championship. There's no sense having a team like that. You know, it doesn't matter making the first round, second round, the the
2: playoffs.
1: <laughs> it does the Nets trade. Look, he goes to Utah, pushes the Donovan Mitchell deal through, like blows that thing up. And both the teams that he did that with, Boston, who picked up Tatum and Brown because of that, and now Utah, which is in a pretty good position at the moment to kind of rebuild that thing moving forward. You remember when Danny was supposedly talking uh, to the Blazers about their top job for a, for a minute, or at least was rumored to be talking to them. I just thought to myself, if Danny Ainge takes that job when Joe Cronin took that job, he would have detonated that roster within months. He would have blown the whole thing up Ripped it down to the studs and then rebuilt the ways rebuilt teams in the past, which may have been the right call, you know, dealing away Dame before you give him a contract extension and starting the whole thing over. So I don't know. That's yeah. that's kind of where the Blazers are at. But I'll say this much, Aaron your readership is going to quadruple in the next few months if Damian lillard is still on that roster there's going to be a fascination with how that team uh looks in training camp how lillard responds how the team responds to him what kind of offers come to the table you're gonna have a very busy uh at least first few months i appreciate you joining me here Aaron. good luck uh, sure, uh as training me. camps open up football is back in full swing with another epic week of games who's got you covered in the action for every single one of them DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code MANIX, that's M-A-N-N-I-X, to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code Maddox. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling Call 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. See slash football for eligibility. Terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply.